entertainment, and we're going to start it off by having you meet a fellow you all know and like, a guy from the neighborhood, a former fighter, a former dancer. He was good in both fields, but I think he's best as a singer. So I'd like to present Harman Ragusa and the Regishes. <laughs> You know I'd go from rags to riches. You always say you care. Though your pockets may be empty, I'd be a Fly program. My name is Dave Jeskow. Oh, I feel like my voice sounds weird. I, I, don't, I don't think I've spoken all day. Taping very early in the morning on Saturday, December 4th. This coming out Tuesday, December 7th, when on the Comedy Cellar Football Show, our guests will be the delightful Mark Cohen from the Las Vegas Comedy Cellar and from America's Got Talent, little Tommy Cotter will be joining us. I'm Billy Joel this week. We have our big live show, request show, and then, uh, I don't know, what's it called? The I can't even remember. So than now. Nobody cares. <laughs> Woo! How are you, everybody? Nice to hear everybody. Nice to see everybody. I didn't see anybody, but you know what I'm talking about anyway. Let me just uh, start the podcast and tell you what's been happening. First of all, my back is killing me. It is so killing me. It's so I had to use my cane last night when I got home. I have a major lower back. And this is from moving all that shit at my mother's. But you know what? I'll get to all that in a second. I just got to tell you what happened to me last night. I'm completely hungover, but I should be. Last night I opened for, well, I tell you, I featured for, this is, you're going to love, these kind of stories are just unbelievable. Uh, I featured for Jeff Ross last night at Caroline's. When I say featured, you know, it's not like opening. It's not like hosting. It's not a guest spot. You know, it's the host, then me, then him, right? But I didn't know going in. I knew I was doing it. You know, I remember I told you, I think it dwindled down. He was like, do you want to host every day? And then do you want to do a guest spot every day? And then whatever. And then it was just one night, which is fine with me. I was already panicked. I'll just go backwards. Um. But I ha- I am coming off, you're not going to believe this, I, you know me, a killer set last night. We did. We have a 7 o'clock show, which Dory and her roommate came to, which is so hilarious. Because if you remember correctly, last time when I opened for Rachel, when nobody was there, this time it was packed, 
Dory bought her roommate, and she was very nice, and we were so excited that Dory had a friend, right? It turns out that girl quit dental school and left, and I, my sister told me, I'm like, what? I'm like, this poor kid never gets a break. She finally found a friend, somebody cool, and she was cool, and she couldn't hack dental school, and she left. But she had two roommates, fortunately, and this other one, thank God, just as nice, but here's the most funniest part is that she's very sweet and very nice. And tomorrow we're having potato lockers over at Rhoda's. And um, she's coming because she's very sweet. And then after dental school, when she finishes, she goes off to the Air Force. I mean, really, it's like it's like a joke. We're making fun. Poor Dory finally finds a friend. After all these years, she's going to go off the Air Force. That's her plan. She's going to the fucking Air Force, which is, you know, amazing. She's going to be an Air Force dentist. After she finishes dental school, she has to go to five weeks of basic training. <laughs> She'll be an Air Force dentist, which is the coolest thing. So I told her last night, since she's coming over for potato lockers, I'm like, wait a minute, how old are you? And I think she said, she said 26 can she possibly be 26 i don't know how old she was maybe it was 25 26 and i said great because then i can eat your age and potato lockers and i was telling her the story of how i bought tiffany over many years ago i ate her age and potato lockers and i have to keep getting lesser i have to keep getting uh people who are younger because i can't <laughs> i can't i keep dating women in my 40s and i obviously i can't impress them by eating their age and potato lockers. i will die but you know 26 maybe i can handle but i really can't make it anymore um and i said well what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna really i'm gonna stuff it in i'm gonna go for it i'm gonna eat your age in potato lockers and then when they pull me out on the stretcher while they take me in the ambulance for my minor heart attack i'm going to have for my arteries clogging i'm gonna whisper in her ear thank you for your service <laughs> now that's comedy uh anyway they came last night seven o'clock show ed went the Ed Ed is uh, Jeff's cousin. He hosted, and then I went on. I did okay. You know, I did okay. Dory's like, oh, you were funny. You know, and uh, my friends Lee and Laura were there. Oh, you were good. You were good. And I was okay. Yeah, usual Dave just got job. Ten minutes long. I, I practiced for ten minutes. I'm like the odds of the odds of having to go longer would be ridiculous because I know Jeff invited a whole bunch of other people. So uh, so I practiced for ten minutes. And you know what I'm doing? The problem is I don't perform enough. And, you know, I had a show on Wednesday, too. And I just basically I'm always doing new material when I perform for a festive crowd. And that includes, um, you know, on stage in Atlantic City at the Borgata or uh, opening, uh, you know, in the Philadelphia Philly State for Jim Gaffigan. I'm always doing new material because I don't perform enough. So I just keep coming up with new. I'm like, I'll try this in front of a festive crowd. You know, it's like a fucking joke. It's unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. I don't have proven stuff, and I'm like, you know, like David Tell in a sense where I'm like, I can't keep doing that old tired stuff, you know? I mean, at least, I mean, I try. So, uh, you know, I practiced for 10 minutes, and I remember just practicing and being like, it's fine. Who cares? And then I say to myself, guy, you know, I have the most guts out of everyone that I know who does comedy because I'm never prepared, and I just kind of go up there really at the risk of completely making a fool out of myself when all my other friends are prepared, they know their stuff, they know it backwards and forwards, they're not up there, they're not doing it. I'm like, I am the, the I take the biggest risk of all going in front of 2,000 people just trying material out. And I'm not, like I'm saying, I'm not with my notebook or anything. I'm trying material, but I'm not showing anybody I'm trying material out. It's just the way it happens. So 
I do 10 minutes and I uh, have these new bits, whatever the fuck they are. <laughs> and um, it's okay. It's okay. It's working a little bit. And I go into the classics. And then uh, Jeff kind of, he just tells me, you know, you should have gotten off during that big laugh. And I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? The, red, the, the light wasn't on yet. I have to do the video. He's like, yeah, you should think about getting off after that. I'm like, it was like three minutes in and I didn't know they were going to laugh at that joke. He's like yelling at me or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what you want me to tell you. So then I felt a little disappointed, but not that disappointed. It was no big deal, and I really didn't care. I really didn't care. And then there was another show at 9.45, right? It's very rare when I have to do two shows a night. Look at me. So uh, this is at Caroline's, right? I said, so then, you know, we're hanging out. It was cool with Dory and her roommate and my, you know, friends Lee and Laura, and we're all hanging out in the green room. And it's just so much fun to hang out with Dory, you know, my niece, like a, like a, like a regular person, <laughs> you know? like a friend and stuff. It's really cool. Her friend was nothing but nice. She goes, this is my first comedy show. She was like my mother. You know, like, I have never met anybody with the name Frankie before, but it was really great. We had a great time and it was super fun. So then I decided to have one beer, one can of beer. I'm like, ah, fuck it. Who cares? So Jeff goes, hey, it's just you, me and Ed on the show. Can you do 15 minutes? And I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> and then I whispered to, Alan was there and I whispered to him and I go, I'm already stretching three into 10, so this ought to be fun. And then I went to a lot of, and then, oh, so then I'm waiting to go on, and the guy who's producing the show, the manager of the place, goes, all right, so you're doing 20? Should I give you the light at 18? And I'm like, what's that now? Yeah, you're doing 20. They told me you're doing 20. I'm like, 20 what? 20 minutes. You're doing 20 minutes. All right, right. Okay, right. I'll do 20 minutes. <laughs> I mean, think about this, folks. Think about this. Think about think about if you were a person, a regular person who doesn't do comedy. I know I've been doing comedy for a long time. I understand I have these friends for many years, but you also know I really don't do it very often. I have these unbelievable gigs because of uh, past events. And so it really is like if somebody was to say to you, if you're listening and you're in your car right now or something, and you're like, hey, I need you to do 20 minutes in front of a festive crowd of, uh, you know, 300 people. <laughs> like, what? I mean, it's really going on stage completely like, all right, all right, okay. <laughs> uh, right, right. We'll, uh, I'll think of something. Now, I have my stuff in my pocket that I normally do. And then I, you know, I have, I'm like, well, I have a five, you know, I have that five minute Aaron Brockovich chunk, which Rachel hates. She's been completely detrimental in my, any kind of comedy career. I think that's the issue. Uh, I mean, she's right and wrong at the same time. Meanwhile, she's going to make fun of it when we're on the Jerry Springer show on January 7th. If I haven't told you, that's when it's airing me suing Mike Buschetti and Rachel just letting me have it on January 7th and check your local listings. Judge Jerry. And that's all I got. I mean, I really get nothing. So I get up and I say, well, I'm going to I'm gonna bring energy up because Ed wasn't uh, doing good enough. And uh, I'm like, I'm just going to bring energy. I'm going to get up there. I'm going to be like, it's Christmas. It's Times Square. Woo. And I, I definitely got the crowd going. And then the question is, can he keep it going? And I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm like, uh, uh, then I started talking about becoming Manhattan Borough president. And I was just like, well, I was going to do it. And, um, you know, I realized that election day, was the same day as the McRib sandwich came out. And that people seemed to like that. So that was good, right? So I was on a road, you know, you got to get that first joke out. And then I was like, I, what I'm trying to say is, last night, I did 20 minutes, and I was like a real 
comic. I had an unbelievable set. Like, and you know me, I, I, I let you know. I'm like, eh, it's all right. It was with this. But it was this time. It was like like a real comic. I was like a real comic up there. Like, there's no one would know. I never performed. Like the last time I, ha- I performed was in October or early November. You know what I'm saying? And th- don't do it very much. Don't really have new material. No one would know. I was talking to the audience. I was doing stuff off my. I was ta- bringing stuff out of my ass. It was it was unbelievable. I guess just being in a festive mood. There's something about Caroline's where I've always felt comfortable there because you know they used to manage me and that was my hometown club. And I just feel, it's like, you know, I feel at the Village Underground, you know, like, you know, and I'm in a good mood and stuff. But yeah, I was, I was just going, it was unbelievable. I, I, I don't know how to explain it. I, I don't know whether it's taped. I probably wouldn't want to watch it anyway. I'd be embarrassed, but um, I, and I never even got to the Aaron Brockovich stuff. It, I, I don't even know what I did. I don't even know what the fuck I did. I know I was like improvising shit. I, I, I know that is not Dave Juskow's standard stuff. But it was unbelievable. And it was so good, and this is how I noticed the difference, is that there were like four really pretty girls, and they couldn't wait to talk to me and hang out all night and drink. They're like, oh, my God, you were so funny. Like, that never happens. Whenever I open for Attell or Jeff or Rachel or Sarah, anybody, they just want to talk to the people. But this time, I clearly, I know I did such a good job that the girls actually wanted it. And, and the people were coming up. Oh, my God, you were so funny. That was great. About, and they remembered the bits. And I'm like, I said that? I, I must have been another person. I'm serious. I must have been inhabited by somebody because it was just, it was as if it was 1990 and I was like a professional comic and, you know, performed all the time. So I was able to do it. I, 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 that hasn't happened in so many years. And it was so pleasant an experience for me. That when I left, I had to go back in the green room and I said, Elon, just come with me. I had to decompress. I was like, that was, you know, I was even like, that was, I can't even, I can't believe it. Because, I mean, think about it. They're just like, can you do 20 minutes? I'm like, I got, maybe I got 10. Maybe I got 10. They'll give me the light at eight. I was up there for 20 minutes. I don't even know what I was saying. I didn't, I, I never looked at my material. I just, every time I falter, I just say I'm so high and the audience laughs. <laughs> that's that's my way out i just say like god listen i'm so high i don't know what day i like because i keep losing my place like i am now and i'm just like I, you know fella, i'm so high i don't even know what day it is right now you know whatever and i was just talking about the mcrib <laughs> like a hundred for like an hour i think she's talking about the mcrib but then i was like pulling the audience to see if they wanted i was talking about who has kids I, I was talking to the audience which is normally especially a 9:45 show those have always scared the hell out of me people are drunk they're crazy. They yell stuff out. I can't handle it. And they were doing that, but I don't know. I was able to handle it this time. I just felt good, and I knew Jeff was completely watching in the back, and that's what made me feel good, at least, you know, afterwards. You know, he did me a favor by putting me on, and then I did him a favor by not letting him down, and that was, like, the most important thing. But I couldn't even believe I did 20 minutes, and then we hung out, and he was like, you did such a good job today. I'm like, thank you. Can you please tell your friends? <laughs> so... But yeah, I, do, I wish Dory had seen that set, you know? I mean, mine was just okay. It was just a standard okay. But then, yeah, I really, um, I was very proud of myself. How about that? And then I ended up actually getting paid. Couldn't even believe that to you. I, I thought for sure I wasn't getting paid. I didn't even think about it. And then, you know, we went out drinking and it was fun. At least right by uh, where we were. We didn't have to go downtown or anything. And then, you know, walked home. But, but 
the whole time I got my back was killing me my back every time I sat down when I got up my back was killing me because I've been moving all that stuff out of my mother's house and I definitely just you know I'm not in a position to be lifting heavy objects and boxes and tomorrow I have to do the same thing my car is packed up with stuff I got to put it in the storage area and I don't know whether I can handle it I mean I'm walking with a goddamn cane that's how bad it got when I get up from sitting down, I'm fine sitting down, back doesn't hurt, but then when I get up, I almost fall over. I mean, I haven't had this bad a back problem since I was in my 30s, you know? And it could also be stress-related. I mean, I know what it is, right? It's not stress-related, but I was talking to Jory, Dory because I got a problem with my jaw. My jaw keeps feeling like it's going, it's going to lock, you know, one bad move, and it's going to lock. I think I've been, I'm obviously extremely stressed and, and here's the thing what i was going to tell you this is the oddest thing right and i don't want to i don't want to get you upset or anything and i don't want to you know i don't want you to I, I don't want you to feel sorry for me in any way um but on wednesday night when we had another show and i'll tell you about that in a second i was going to take the rubble scooter well i was planning i was getting on the rubble scooter and i'm like you know what i wonder how much i have in my bank account because you know they draw directly from my bank account i looked up i had six dollars so I had one place I can draw a little money from, um, which I so I put in just so I have some in, incidental expense money, like getting a, a revel or or getting a, you know a coffee at Dunkin' Donuts or something. And uh, so then and again, don't feel bad; it's all my fault. I put myself in this position. I'm not. I can't blame anybody. It's a, it's all me. I you know haven't really looked for a job or anything because you know I've been really just. Uh, enjoying not working as you know and just podcasting and and, and bringing joy to people uh <laughs> whatever it is so so yesterday um i kind of like went into you know my other account for the, my ira account and i'm looking at it and i i just started to cry i started to cry i was like i don't know what i'm do- i don't know what's gonna happen i don't know what's gonna happen. i was like I'm like do i do i want to talk about this podcast no but the reason why i'm telling you and I'm like, well, what can I do? What can I? And I was like, starting. I'm like, I'm not gonna make it. I'm not gonna make it. And then, and then I was like, wait a minute. You want to hear something funny? I'm, I'm saying, I'm, I'm not gonna make it. I'm not gonna make it. I don't know what I'm gonna do when the money runs out. And then Monday, I'm going skeet shooting. I was talking to my friend John Vitti, and, and I was I, I, from Boston Globe, and I was like, yeah, I don't know what I'm gonna do. But Monday, I'm going skeet shooting. You know, and that, isn't that skeet shooting is the, isn't that the the game of the rich? That's what's extra funny. That's, so I couldn't stop laughing that even though I didn't have any money left, my friend is picking me up in Hoboken. My friend Barry, who is so kind and sweet and, and does listen to this podcast now that I think about it. So, Barry, you're the fucking best, and we'll talk about this next week. And we're going fucking ski shooting. He goes, you want to go ski shooting? I'm like, um, sure. And I said, how much does it cost? He goes, don't worry about it. And I said, no, nah, that's not necessary, you know, because I really have no idea what it costs. All I know is that isn't that what the queen does in the crown? I got to wear, don't I have to wear the jacket with the patches on the elbows, uh, wear the hat and the, the, isn't this the pith hat one, the pith helmet one, and isn't this right out of Moonraker? Mr. Bond, you missed. Did I? He shoots that guy out of the tree. A pity you leave us. Such good sport. Unless you're a pheasant. (laughs) Really, Mr. Bond. Take my gun, a stray bird may fly over. I only stopped to thank you for your hospitality. I'm afraid it will get you to the airport in plenty of time. Come now. I doubt if I'm in your class. Oh, you're too modest, Mr. Bond. Over there. 
missed, Mr. Bond. Did I? As you said, such good sport. Isn't that, I mean, it's not all skeet, they're shooting pigeons or whatever, but isn't this the same thing? And isn't this, I don't know if it's the same thing. When James Spader says to Andrew McCarthy in Pretty in Pink, he says, listen, are we shooting trap today or what? I mean, what do we, hey, if we're going to shoot trap today, we better get a shake on it. You know, we better shake a tail feather. I think that's what he says. Listen, if we're going to shoot trap today, we're going to shake a tail feather. Glenn, what are you doing? Hey, buddy. What's up? Nothing. Hanging out. What are you shopping for rackets or something? <laughs> I guess. Did you find anything? No, not really. Not really. Well, are we going to shoot some trap or what? Because, I mean, if we're going to shoot, we got to shake it, man. You know, it, it, I, I'm assuming it's the same thing. And that's what's making it so funny. And that's why I'm so glad I'm doing it because it's just so not right to do. But I feel like I'm a prince that got cut off from his family but still does rich person things. Um, So that's why I uh, told you a story, let alone like, you know, it's like, so, I mean, this is so weird, right? Like, I'm like, I'm like devastated yesterday. I find yesterday was the day I like kind of looked at stuff where I've just been like, eh, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. You know? And again, I, I didn't want to tell you this, but I was like, I can't help it. Cause it's just too funny. That's just such a funny thing. You look at your bank and you're like, I'm so doomed. And then I'm like, well, now let me work on my jokes. I mean, it was all, I'm like, how am I going to perform in front of these people? How am I going to pretend I'm happy today? After what I just learned, <laughs> after looking at my bank account and my closet and my clothes, I'm kidding. You know, but it's just so it's so funny the 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 turn of events that uh, that somebody like me has to do where it's like, oh, this is really bad, bad, bad. But I'm like, but let me but let me uh, be funny now. I can turn it on on a dime. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is fucking awful. But, yeah, I try. I, you know, then I just start thinking of funny ways to make money and I cheer myself up. So I'm like, you know what? And and again, uh <laughs> The Patreon subscribers, thank you. <laughs> Don't ever take anything away from the brilliance of you really supporting this show and the and the Billy Joel stuff and the stuff that I do. And I, I cannot ever thank you enough, ever. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a it's an embarrassment for me that all I can offer you is a tote bag. Uh, but that, that's pretty funny, too. So I was like, what I'm going to do is make a GoFundMe page for myself. I'm going to put it out there. And I'm going to just say... Please raise money so Dave Juskow can stay accustomed. You know, he needs money to stay in the life he's accustomed to. You know what I'm saying? However, that's worded. You know, like uh, like in cocktail. Come on, buy drinks in there. Keep me like the life I'm accustomed to. Uh, so I put that, and then put down like, well, what is the accustomed to? So Dave Juskow can live the life he's accustomed to. That's like, uh, so he can watch TV, do his podcast, and just you know eat. McRibs when they come out in style. It's not an, an extravagant lifestyle I'm uh, asking for. And wouldn't it be funny? I'll put it in the post and I'll just say, guy puts out GoFundMe page to not work. He's enjoying not working. And, you know, I was thinking to myself, well, you know, that could work. It's going to please give me money so I can continue to spread joy to the people well, because yesterday I was just thinking, I'm like, you know, I think I'm just going to, I don't know what's going to happen. I'll get kicked out. I can't even do the podcast. And, you know, I'm like, well, I've got to keep that going because, um, well, you know, people count on it. God damn it. And let me tell 
you guys something. Our friend Marcy, who's not only a wonderful Patreon subscriber, but she's always on the the football show helping us make picks. Oh, oh my God. She's so terrific. What a terrific, nice person and a loyal listener and just so sweet. So sweet in two different levels. Uh, she got married the other day and uh, she she wasn't on the show. And it was weird. You know, when we have the chat room and the football show, uh, somebody, I think Lenny was like, Marcy, you've been to the Kentucky Derby, right? No response, you know, in the chat room. And she's always responding, right? She's always reliable. And then she was like, hey, sorry, I just saw it back and you were asking me a question. That was the first time I wasn't there. I'm planning my wedding or something like that. And I'm like, oh, that's a pretty good excuse. And then she was like, you know, on last week. And uh, it's just so funny. I'm like, well, how do you have this? Uh, I thought you were planning. a, You know, I understand planning a wedding is usually takes precedence, precedence. So that's why it's so nice. And then as it turns out, she was kind enough. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you this now, Marcy, uh, kind enough to. I got a text from Liz down at the comedy show. She goes, Jessica, I have mail for you down here. And I guess I just assumed it was like, um, you know, a return uh, address thing or something. You know, nobody ever sends anything because uh, I use, use you know, the comedy seller as the address, as the, the, the address when I send out the tote bags, you know. And she goes, you got mail? And I'm like, oh, that's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I'll come get it. But I, yeah, I didn't think anything. I was like, well, next time I go down there, I'll go get it. And then Marcy told me, she's like, oh, I sent you a Hanukkah gift. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's so nice! And she's like, "It's for you and Alan, you know, who does the, the, the with the Billy Joel stuff." So I'm like, "You know what? I'll go down Friday." And this is what's messed up, right? I mean, I was like, I had a show, two shows at Caroline's on Friday, which I was not happy about. I was like, "Oh, if I could just stay home and watch TV, this would be so much more fun." This is, the, as I'm saying, the lifestyle I've become accustomed to. That's all I want to do. Can't there be people that just want to support me? So I can comment on what I'm watching. Hence, playing the American Gigolo, call me awesome 80s version theme of the Blondie song. <laughs> I mean, it, I played because I was watching American Gigolo uh, the other night. And it's very important that I watch TV, keep my cable going, so I can report to you about something that no one's been talking about. Because no one else cares except you and I who love the Nightfly or soon to be Just Guy on the City. Don't worry, we're not going to change a lot of the format. We're really any. We, you know, I, I was watching American Jingo and I guess I've never seen it. It's with Richard Gere and he plays a, a Los Angeles prostitute. I, I guess I'd never seen it. I thought I had, who falls in love with one of his clients or whatever. He's a still, he's a bad actor and he is no, I've never liked him. I never liked him. I never thought to him. Um, he's just, I'm sure he's an okay guy or whatever, and he certainly aged well, but, but he's, he's gorgeous. And he was the perfect person for the role. And, of course, that made him a, a superstar. Why wouldn't it? But he's very dull and boring, and I've just never cared for anything he's ever been in. Uh, he just doesn't bring excitement to me. Uh, again, I, I, I just I got to point out Christopher Reeve. <laughs> he just, just, every time it seems to come to that, the guy's a bad actor, but who cares? You know what I'm saying? Whereas Richard Gere is a bad actor, and I'm like, yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Like you know, even Leonardo DiCaprio, it's like whether he's good or bad, it doesn't even matter. I don't know. I guess he's a good actor, right? I mean, you would consider him a good actor. I know he's won an Oscar and everything, but he's he's entertaining. Everything he does is entertaining. You know, there's just people that just are dull. Like I've always found Brad Pitt rather dull. 
although he was good in the Quentin Tarantino one. But normally, I find him quite dull, and he just doesn't bring it for me. I, you know, I don't. I just need excitement. Even if you're a bad actor, you know, there's if there's something about you, you know, that's that's the best kind of actor to be. Anyway, I'm watching this American Jiggle. I'm looking up the stuff, and I and I, well, what do I see? And I see who's in it. Who's the police officer or the detective on the case? It's Hector Elizondo. Now, I don't know if you know Hector Elizondo, and I swear I looked all this up, and I, I thought there was, but nobody says anything. It's just, I assume it, it is just an absolute coincidence. But Hector Elizondo is in Pretty Woman. Whereas, you know, I'm looking at American Gigolo and Pretty Woman. Now, first of all, the crazy part was, they're only 10 years apart. American Gigolo, Richard Gere is the prostitute. I, I don't know why more people aren't talking about how interesting it is, and maybe they did, but I, like when I was looking it up online to see the, the mix-up, which is so obvious, 10 years later, only 10, when he's playing, uh, you know, a, I don't know how old he was, maybe 26 or something, and then uh, I, I don't know how old he was supposed to be in Pretty Woman, but 10 years later, he's playing the... Lauren Hutton role in his case and then Julie Roberts the prostitute it's like it was that why he was hired it wasn't uh, that's the weird thing I was like looking it up that wasn't the reason because he was in I, I thought maybe that was, I was like oh that would be interesting if he plays the the trick or whatever you know I mean um, but then Hector Alessandro also being in Pretty Woman I'm like wait there's no connection I thought maybe they were best friends working together had nothing to do with that because Gary Marshall liked using Hector Alessandro. She would call him his lucky charm, whatever the fuck that means. Because um, you know, besides Pretty Woman, I don't know what was great. He would use him all the time. And it's just weird that nobody, I, I, I really, that's why I thought there was a connection. I'm like, wow, there's, there's such a connection to American Gigolo, Pretty Woman. But there's not. I, I think I'm the first person to see it. And I don't understand why. It's, uh, I thought it's really interesting. but it's And then the fact that it's only 10 years later was shocking to me. Because you feel like it should be, for sure, 20 years later. I mean, what happened? Did Richard Gere, I mean, although he's aged perfectly, he seemed to age fast and quick. His hair was gray in 10 years when he's doing Pretty Woman. It's really weird. You know, when you think about it, this American Gigolo, it's very, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's good and bad, you know, it's like, but it's, um, it's a little, I don't know. He's really, he's good in it because it's just so slow and it's basically him walking around. He never, you know, he just never has uh, any time where he's getting uh, angry or he's just walking through the whole picture. But, but I guess that's part of the gag. And, uh, I don't know. It was just, uh, you know, it's fun to watch these movies that were so popular. You know, my college roommate was obsessed with it because uh, <laughs> he just wanted to sleep with a lot of chicks, right? But that's where the Call Me uh, Blondie music is from, and I didn't know they made a, a disco version of it <laughs> or whatever. And that's fun. Anyway, uh, there was a main point to the story where I lost my way. I was talking about Marcy. And then, how did I get to American Gigolo? Sorry about that, Marcy. So I'm like, I'm afraid to leave the house when I have a show, I'm like, I can't leave the house. I have a show that night, which of course is insane. Every one of my friends does stuff during the day and then they perform at night. I'm talking about even when I do Marina's podcast or me and a lot of doing podcasts. I'm like, wait, you have a show tonight? Like, I hate doing a podcast than having a show. I like having a podcast and then powering down you know, for the rest of the night, maybe do some editing or whatever. I mean, it's like, I, I don't know what my life is. Such a weird mess of stuff. Uh, I just hate leaving the house after it gets dark. Everybody knows that. 
but yesterday I said, you know what? I'm going to be a different person. I'm going to get stuff done. I'm going to go down as long as I'm going to go down to the cellar. I'll get a little haircut. And then I'll go to the cellar and I'll pick up the thing. So I make a haircut appointment for 145. I take care of some stuff in the morning, the, the, all this, the, the trying to prepare for the show and the tears and magic and uh, whatever. And then I go down to, I take the Revel scooter down to uh, Soho to get a haircut. And then I text Liz, and I say, are you going to be around tomorrow? I want to pick up the mail. And she goes, yeah, I'll be around in the afternoon. I say, great. So I figure I make an appointment for 145. I get to the cellar around 215, 230. You know, it's perfect. So I text her. I'm like, are you ready? And she goes, yeah, I'll be there around three. And I'm like, three? And already I'm panicking because I got to get home. I want to color my hair. <laughs> Just with the touch of gray, you know, and keep it black and gray, right? And, uh, you know, I got to take a shower. I want to practice again. All that kind of nonsense. And then when I got to the cellar, it was closed. She's like, I'll be there at three. And I'm like, so I was just hanging around because I didn't know the cellar wasn't open in the afternoon ever, er, anymore. After COVID, I mean, things have changed there. I'm not crazy. The cellar is not open in the afternoon. It used to be open at noon for lunch to hang. I was like, I'll just hang out there. I'll wait for her to come sit there because it was freezing. I just had to wait outside waiting for Liz. It's not her fault. I didn't know the place opened at three. And then she got there. She had to go upstairs and reboot the computers. And I was sitting there. I was talking to one of the other people, uh, my friend Val, thank God, uh, who was there. So at least there was something to do. And, and then she was up there for like another 40 minutes. And I'm like, yeah, I got to go. I was getting nervous. Like, you know, if I have nothing to do, I couldn't care less how long she was. But I knew I had the show. And I was like, oh, no. But anyway, she came down. At what, uh, and I opened it. What Marcy got us is so unbelievably sweet. She got me a, a magazine, uh, the James Bond 25, as I aptly uh, named that podcast last time. Like, I'm, And these are my favorite. I don't know how she knew, and I don't think I've ever told you, but you know, when I go to Barnes & Noble, my favorite thing to do is to get those kind of magazines. And I hadn't read that one, so it's perfect. I have a Charlie Brown uh, Peanuts one now that I'm reading, like the, just with all the pictures. It's like a comic book in a way, but I read all the articles. I read every bit of it. So thank you. That's very kind. But she got me and Alana card and inside the card. And really, you know, this is so unnecessary, Marcy. It's very, very sweet, but so unnecessary. But I just wanted you to know in the card for me and Alana was a Starbucks, you know, uh, card. And that was so nice. And I just wanted to tell you that I completely used it yesterday. I said, you know what? This is perfect timing because the one thing I have done consistently since I've been at Caroline's in the 90s is always stop at the Starbucks down the street and bring that in before I perform at Caroline's. It's been a tradition. So that card, I completely used it and uh, it was exciting. And I was like, I can't wait to uh, talk about how wonderful it was to receive the card. But again, so unnecessary, but it's very kind. And I just want you to know that I did use it. And, and, and then uh, <laughs> maybe everybody else is like, I hope you don't drink coffee again. Because I could not stop talking. <laughs> like, not just in the green room. <laughs> We're just like, well, can I please have a minute to myself? I'm like, no, no I, I, I can't give you up because I'm <laughs> And then when I got on stage, I just wouldn't stop. I was like, well, maybe you noticed I had a cup of coffee backstage. <laughs> like, and then I'm, of course, talking about cocaine. And they're like, oh, this guy's totally on coke. Because <laughs> like, it definitely seemed like I was on coke. And um, I, was just, I was just going a mile a minute from the coffee. It was really funny and uh, 
really great. And then I switched over to like a beer and I just uh, still felt good. I just uh, kept it going, kept the party going. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. What's up? So just uh, anyway, Mars, that was very kind. We're probably going to mention again on the uh, live show we're doing today. You know, right after this, uh, Alon and I are recording where we use our friend, Paul Lauren, who's also going to be on the football show on uh, the 21st of December. I thought maybe he's going to play a little Vince Giraldi. You know, that's my favorite thing to play this time of the year. Uh, you know, a couple of things. We'll have a little uh, holiday music before we uh, wrap up the season. The Comedy Cellar Football Show. I don't know what's uh, ahead for that. And uh, let me see. If we, but I had some good guests. Uh, Mark Norman is going to join us. And uh, Tom Takar. You know, so we've got some newbies. Bonnie McFarlane will be coming on in the 28th. Scott Ackerman, the director of uh, Between Two Ferns. So we got a lot of good people planned up. And, and oh, so on Monday, within uh, a five-minute period. So uh, well, I guess I have so much to say, and there's so little time. Um, Willy Wonka. Now I'm going to go backwards. On Sunday, I went, I fucking, it was, this is how I hurt my back. I made two trips to that thing. I had my car packed up, went to the storage area, put all my stuff in, took all of Beth and Matt's stuff out, bought it to her house, dropped it off, went to Rhoda's, packed up the car again, I guess hung out for a little bit, then went back to the storage facility. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Went back to the storage facility and then somebody was there using both cards and I was just sitting there for a half hour and I'm like, mother fuck. I was furious. I'm like, God damn it. This is all I need. There's somebody using the carts and there's no way I could bring anything up. It's on the second floor. You know, I mean, they were very nice and they're like, oh, we'll be gone soon. But they had a fucking moving truck. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I'm like, just give me one of the hand trucks, please. But whatever, they were parked right in front of the spike. I mean, what are the odds on a Sunday at like four o'clock somebody's going to be there? Although the odds are probably pretty good. That's probably when people move stuff into storage. But I thought maybe because it's football, nobody's doing that. But even me, see, I was going around football. I was like, I- I'm I'm done just being a slave to football. So finally, I do it. I pack it all up, and I'm like, you know what? You know what? I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to Rose. I'm going to get another bunch of stuff and fill up the car. I'm going to go for it. And I, and I was hurting. I was hurting. I went back. And as it turns out, you know, it was good because um, I got to light the first night of Hanukkah candles with Rhoda. So it was all right. You know, it was a good thing. I hung out for a little bit, you know, but I packed up the car again. It was dark. I was packing up the car and I'm like, oh, my back. It was a mess. Every And every single time I'm using a little hand truck, it fucking falls I gotta pick it up. It's like I, I I haven't not dropped one thing. It's so frustrating. Meanwhile, I found that I mentioned this on the Tuesday show, a sealed VHS copy of Return of the Jedi, which when we looked on eBay, it was worth six thousand dollars. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I had a feeling maybe it was as cleaning out my dad's VHS and Joe told me some of the VHSs are worth some money, but I didn't think they would work that much. But when I saw a sealed return of the Jedi, remember George Lucas doesn't air that version anymore. He won't let anybody see that version anymore. I'm like, maybe this is worth something. Wow, was it ever? And right now it's on eBay. I put it up for like four thousand dollars. I um it's a it's got a tiny tear on it, so I don't know if that's good. And I don't know whether anybody will buy it, but I put it up and I took a chance. 
Maybe somebody will. That would be so sweet. I mean, wouldn't wouldn't that be fucking unbelievable? But but why? <laughs> Who wants that? Because that's the funny thing. They can't even watch it. They got to keep it intact. You can get that shit graded now, like a baseball card. You can get a VHS tape that's sealed, graded, and put in a, a, a glass container. I mean, this is insane. I don't know what's going on. I would think somebody would actually want to just have a copy of the movie because it's rare. They obviously don't make it anymore. They don't make that version, so... You know, you could see where that would be a big deal, but uh, whatever. Anyway, I, I packed this guy, and then I went home, and, uh, you know, I'm like, well, I'm not going back to the storage facility. I'm just going home, and then, of course, on Thursday when I go back, I'll stop at the storage, I dump it, and then I'll fill it up again, and blah, 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 but oh, my God, my back. Two trips. It was killing me, but I was feeling pretty good, you know, that I found this. Well, maybe there is something, you know, because I'm getting a bunch of stuff. Maybe I can sell it on eBay. You know, I have a bunch of VHS tapes. I took them home. Maybe I'll start putting them up. And, uh, you know, I mean, if you get each VHS tape could be 12 to $20. I guess it adds up, you know, so that's something I could do to make some money, which is good. Um, maybe not, you know, and it's it's fairly easy to do. I used to sell eBay stuff all the time. I used to sell DVDs. My friend Lawrence uh, used to give them to me, and we used to split the profits, and it was... Uh, pretty profitable extra money extra money that's what ebay is supposed to be extra money it's very difficult to make it a full-time business but god damn it i'm gonna try anyway on monday i went to get wings right of course you know it's my favorite goddamn thing to do and i invited that girl kate and murphy was there and olga came and my friend laura was there and we had a wonderful time we really it was a great time but when the bill came I just can't help myself. I don't know. It was two girls. Murphy paid for his own. I'm like, I'll, I'll get it. I don't know. I can't help it. I feel bad. I don't know why. It's like a man's supposed to pay for a girl. I know I don't have it. It's awful. I, I, I'm i like living in another world. It's awful. I mean, what am I doing? That's why I don't have any money. Oh, it's really fucked up. It's really fucked up. So, they, you know, we want to go out again this week, but I'm like, I, I got to just pay for myself. I mean, it's a, and and uh you know where i'm gonna get the money from i don't even know but it's like it's only a couple more weeks of wings and i love it so much uh so i don't know but it was such a good time i love it there it's my happy place <laughs> that stupid wing place what the fuck i don't know why i like it so much i just do you know like monday night football and wings oh god i've always loved monday nights that's sometimes when i miss that girl trish it was the best. And my friend Kelly, too. Oh, my God. It didn't matter what we did. Even if we didn't have wings, we just had to be together on Mondays. I loved having a Monday night buddy. And I'm not just talking about, like, I liked having a standard Monday night buddy. Even Murphy, you know what I'm saying? A standard Monday night buddy that, you know, like I would say sometimes they're like, oh, we're doing this thing. And it's on Monday. Do you want to come? And I'm like, well, my friend Chris Murphy has to come, too. You know, anybody that it was Monday, they had to come, too. Because they were my Monday night buddies. And like even Sarah understood like sometimes. I'm like, well, we got to bring Trish, right? Because she's my Monday night buddy. And she's like, no problem. You know, like that. That's it was the best during football season. And now I like it even better. Just get there early and then leave at halftime. It's brilliant. Walk home, see the end of the game on TV here at my house. Perfect. But I'm so glad I didn't go tailgating Sunday. That's what they wanted me to do. It's just that's not going to work out anymore. And I certainly got a lot done, but I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, I got to dump all that stuff tomorrow, and my back is so fucking bad, so bad, and I got to get that stuff out of there. She's moving in two weeks. I mean, by the time this podcast comes out on the 7th, 10 days from then, she's just leaving. So anything that's not out of that house, 
it's over. We don't even know what she's doing. I said, do you need us to come with you? How is this going to work? She hasn't told us anything. Beth's like, well, I can't go. I have auditions for a play. She's doing play again. Uh, uh, and she's like, I can't go. And I'm like, but shouldn't somebody be with our mother when she moves to another place? She's, I, I don't, we can't tell whether she even wants us there or whether it's, she's doing it all on her. I mean, we should be grateful that she's doing it, but she's, um, you know, we're very, me, her and Angie were totally alike. She got the, her neighbors were yelling at me about her. They, they, it said that they're leaving, they, you know, they're very nice. And like, we told your mother not to get the two bedroom. She doesn't have, all she does complain about her finances. So she just complain about her finances. I'm like, oh yeah, she's awful. And then I'm like, oh my God, I do the exact same thing. I'm all, and then you still, and then I'm still telling you, but I paid for everybody's chicken wings. I mean, I'm exactly like her. Where's it come from? Now, you know, and my sister is just the, you know, the, the logical one. We say, you don't have the money to pay for people. I know. I hear you saying it. I know. I've always known, but I've always been like this. My mother and I are completely disillusional. Is that what it's called? Dis disillusional? Dis, dis, well, we're definitely dysfunctional, but disillusioned or no that's not even the well whatever it is you know what i'm talking about i mean what a mess we we i, I don't know where it's like she's she's going through the same thing she doesn't have that money you know what happens once it, she go, she's like ah something will happen i mean that's the way i'm thinking eh, things will work out <laughs> it, it's it's it runs in the family it's uh, unfortunate aunt judy lives the same way lives the same way she's like ah, i'll just max out my credit cards we'll be fine now, granted, you know, she has uh, my uh, cousin who might be able to bail her out sometimes. But I always think about him, and I'm like, I wonder if I gave uh, my cousin who owns the Devils a call, like, hey, uh, how about keeping me in the life I'm accustomed to? <laughs> oh, that's funny. But Wednesday, so Wednesday I had the show at the uh, Westside Comedy Club. Also, what I was saying about Monday, right, so Monday, about 5 o'clock, two people cancel within five minutes. Jeff Ross cancels the Wednesday show. And I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. He's like, dude, I forgot. I had theater tickets. I'm like, that's why you you have theater tickets? Yeah, dude, oh, I forgot. You know, I always say yes to you right away. And I'm like, what, how is that helpful to say yes to me right away? And then what you say yes to me right away. Call me back after I asked you a month in advance and say, I just looked at my calendar. I can't make it. Don't say yes to me right away, and then two days before, you know, when we're putting your name up on the site to sell tickets, you say you can't make it. So I switched him out with a tell, but I was like, I was upset, but I'm like, ugh, I knew he was going to cancel. I don't know why. I, actually, I didn't think he would, but I was like, great. So then I put up a tell. A tell said, I was like, listen, I know you always say you'll let me know a week in advance. Well, this is a good idea. So, so then I put him up. I'm like, good. I replaced him with an upgrade. And then Dave's like, oh, and don't promote it. I'll just be doing a guest spot. I'm like, I can't. Don't promote it. I'm trying. The only reason I asked you to do it is because you'll sell tickets too, like Jeff does. Oh, these fucking people. So when I, I got that, so oh, oh, just really quick. So then also Alex Sulkin canceled for the Tuesday show. He's like, dude, I forgot I double booked a podcast that day. I can't get out of. And, I'm, and it's just like this one text, which is basically just like, you know, basically go fuck yourself. <laughs> like he's a sweet guy and everything, but he's been so nice to me. Both him and Jeff, I couldn't get mad. 
So, I mean, you know, I was able to replace him, but it was just in a five-minute period. I'm like, oh, my God, why did I wake up this morning? Like that kind of thing, you know. And then it turns out on Wednesday, I get a call from um, the lady running the show. She goes, I think we got to cancel the show. And I'm like, why? She goes, well, two of the staffers just tested positive for COVID from being somewhere else, so they can't work, and we only have two tickets sold. And I'm saying, great, let's cancel it because that's my mentality all the time. I don't want to perform. I don't want to leave the house. Great. Now I can do nothing. That'll be terrific. But everybody else wants to do the show, you know. So uh, I, so then she's like, well, let me see. Because then we knew I had some people coming. Olga had some people coming. I'm like, well, if we can get 10 people there, I guess that'll be good. We ended up getting about 20 people, which was great. My cousins were coming. I knew that. Um, you know, my brand new cousins that I love. So we had about 20 people and the show went on and it was super fun. There was a manager, a guy who was managing because Felicia was out of town. Remember I told you like Felicia was out of town. So I was able to do a couple of favors and put some people on that I like. And then, you know, she's like, oh, you got to put the manager on. And I'm like, "Ugh," and he he was awful. I mean, wow. And but the worst part was, and it wouldn't have bothered me so much because I know at that place I always got to put up somebody awful. He wasn't managing. He wasn't doing anything. He was just sitting on a chair. In fact, he left the monetary values of what I give all the comedians on the bar. And I'm like, you really want to leave that open so everybody can see it? That's not very nice. Olga's like, I make less than Alon just because I'm a woman. That's not true. I'm just kidding. Right? But uh, that would be hilarious. But, but yeah, it's like the guy didn't even do anything, and it, it was really frustrating. Uh, and, uh, you know, oh, and he, on Sunday, when I was moving all this stuff, he's like, oh, my God, I'm so excited to work with Jeff Ross. He's my hero. Can you put me on later so he can watch me? And I'm like, ugh, no, maybe. I don't know. Meanwhile, he should be grateful Jeff wasn't there. He should be grateful Attell didn't see him. I mean, he just ate it. It was awful, but... Again, I had a good time. You know, I have a good time. I think I did a good hosting job. Um, I'm getting the gist of it, and I feel comfortable there again. And um, people are very friendly there, so it's a nice show. I just wish more people would show up. It'd be more fun. And then we went out after and had a really nice time. There were three Kates there. There was that girl, Kate Herman, you know, who we know is crazy. Then there was a, a Kate who came and... I know her through somebody else. She was a, just a person, wasn't a comic. And then Kate Meany came. And then there was all this drama uh, between Olga and uh, our friend Dove Davidoff and Kate Meany. And there was all this drama. And, um, you know, it kind of, for me, it made the night great because I do enjoy the drama. But it was also, we were trying to stay away from it. It was funny. We saw them all, like, talking or crying. I don't know what was happening on the other side. I'm, I'm doing hand dress with me they were on the other side so we're like go to the other side to get away from the drama but then they come to us and stuff so but it was funny i mean just like it's just still made you know any kind of stories like that always make it a good night but again you know i always have a good night drinking after the show having a good time because i'm like yeah i performed i did good maybe made you know 50 bucks <laughs> but still you know it's something i got paid for the craft very exciting stuff Kate, Kate, and Kate. Three Kates. Kate and Allie. I don't know. Then, so then on, on Thursday, again, I went to my mother's. I was packing up the stuff again. 
And then we went out, I think we went out for sushi and we went to her neighbor's because she needed something scanned. And I spent, um, I was there till like eight o'clock at night. It was awful. <laughs> I figured I'll stay to light candles again, but I had to keep moving stuff out of that place anyway. And I was getting confused. And Joe says, Joe Messina, he says, you know what's popular right now? Corning wear and Tupperware. I'm like, now you're just making shit up. But he's if you have special corning wear at your house folks you know that those old dishware things you put in the oven with the blue flowers on it apparently they're selling for a lot old tupperware i i don't i don't understand what the fuck is happening all i know is i'm positive my dad definitely threw out a bunch of shit that would have been unbelievable and I'm sure everybody's parents threw out stuff. Who would have known there was a treasure trove of stuff in your closet when you were a goddamn kid? Who would have known if you, you know, just bought stuff, buy two, have a sealed one ready to go to sell and then have one to play with? Who would have known how important it was to have a VHS wrapped tape of Return of the Jedi that we bought at Dwayne Reed for $9 would now be worth four to $6,000. I mean, that's just insane. That is insane. Oh, and um, I hope you guys liked the video podcast last week. I really enjoyed Audrey. I mean, you know, her sound quality sucked, but I was watching it back, and she just makes me smile. She's quirky. I thought it was okay. Is that right? You know, really, I mean, I see, see the, not a lot of views. I guess nobody really cares. I know you like the podcast better this way, but... I don't know, once in a while I try and just mix it up a little bit, right, I guess. I don't know. You let me know. You let me know if I'm wasting my time with those video things. Obviously, I haven't been doing it monthly, monthly, but I'm trying to. I don't know. I know everybody likes it better when I don't have any guests. I'm just rambling like this. These are the best shows. These are the best shows. Am I right? Am I right? Well, last night, I said, we're changing the show to Just Garden City. I got done some city stories. Hey, you know, last night. Oh, yesterday, by the way, if we're talking about city stories, I take the city bike from the comedy cellar and I'm rushing home because now, you know, it's late. Now it's dark. It's getting dark. It's like 4.30. I'm nervous. The show's at 7. I want to be there at 6. So if I can get home at 5 and shower and then leave by 6, you know, city biking all the way. City bike, not the Revel. I was going really fast and I was going through um, Union Square where all the people are and just riding through people. And um, it, I don't know, people were like running out of the way. I was driving like a maniac. And then I finally went down one street. I just, the way I usually go at nighttime when nobody's around, I was going through in the daytime, which I've never done. So I was getting confused that there were all these people around. And I finally go into this place. It's called uh, Gramercy, where I always, it's a very pleasant way to, to go, uh, you know, to, to go through the city. And but I forgot. Like sometimes I usually go the right way down a one way one way street. But there's this one block where I always have to make the turn because I want to drive through this park. And I totally almost hit this girl coming the other way, and she's screaming, "You're stupid! You're stupid!" And I was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, I'm sorry." Uh, but you know, she's an idiot too because you got to see that coming. People are idiots all the time. Yesterday, when I was taking the bike to Caroline's, going across town, you know, I'm going through Times Square. People do not respect the bike lane. There is a clear bike lane on 55th Street. People are walking in it all the time, just sitting there staring up at the sky. And I never beep and I never say anything. I'll just brake really hard and slide. And then they'll be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, it's all right. 
because I'm expecting them to do that. I'm expecting people to walk out in the street. And I think it's funny if you don't say anything and you just look like you almost crashed and then it makes them feel worse. So, but I never, I never yell out at anybody, hey, because I just think it's much better just to um, anticipate that those kind of things are going to happen. But it was really funny biking all day around the city this time of the year and really just biking like a maniac. It was so much fun. <laughs> I like. I know people are going to do weird stuff. I know cars are going to like bump you off. It's exciting <laughs> to be almost killed on a daily basis on your bicycle. It's just so stupid. <laughs> There's just a couple things left I'd like to talk about that were that I saw in the newspaper. Meanwhile, of course, you know, every Saturday, you know, when I if I'm going to do the podcast on Saturday, and of course I wait. I could have done it yesterday, but I couldn't do it yesterday. I got to wait. I got to talk about the show. Um, Every Saturday, the, the you know the newspaper guy. I read the newspaper. And I say, let's see if there's anything interesting to talk about. Paper didn't come today. All right, that's right. I got to call him. I had to go buy the goddamn paper. It usually comes to my door. Didn't come today. Of course, on the flip side, maybe the money's right. Maybe it's over. I don't know. Anyway, I had this article for a while. I just love this shit. I love this shit. The 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 head of time the Times Up organization. The head of the Times Up organization, you know, that's that the the the, the female oriented kind of Me Too kind of thing. The CEO of the Times Up organization had to resign yesterday because she. What is it? The head of the prominent group supposed to help sexual harassment victims resigned Thursday in the fallout from disgraced ex governor Andrew Cuomo misconduct scandal. Uh, apparently, she worked closely with the organization. All I know is it's like the people who are canceling other people are themselves getting canceled. And I will always say that's hilarious and fuck you. I love the fact that the CEO for the Time's Up movement had to resign over a scandal for being a stupid twat Then you're in an organization that just cancels people. Thank you. I'm always going to laugh in your face about that. You're in a cancel organization. How do you think that's going to end? You're canceled. I love it. There's a, I was just reading, and I told everybody about this last night. You know, there was a transgender girl. I said that the wrong way. There was a transgender person on the show last night. My, Dory did not believe me. Lee and Laura did not believe me that this woman who was on the show, woman, can I even say, I don't know what the fuck. Uh, was transgender apparently she was and she was very nice and whatever and i don't know if she i think she was funny but she was transgender and i was talking about i was reading this article that there's an a, a universe a u of pen swimmer who is a transgender person and she is uh now identifies as a woman and she's been like bust breaking every female swimming record that there's ever been because she used to be a dude. And it's like, people are like, what do we do here? And, 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 and can you blame them? It does seem unfair. that This woman used to be a man. Now she's identifying as a woman, but she's still got, you know, man upper body strength, I guess. And she's breaking all these fucking swimming records. And it really is unfair, I think. I think it is unfair. So they're talking about like, maybe you need to, Maybe there needs to be a rule that whatever you were born as is how you have to, for sports, for sports. You know, no one cares 
if somebody wants to change or cut off their, oh, I can't even say, you know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> why would somebody want to? Um, although I guess it would be easier. Anyway, um, nobody cares. No one cares. I mean, the people that do care, but no, technically they don't care. But when it comes to something like this in sports, uh, it, it does seem a little unfair. Uh, the only thing I guess that would be fair would be a female on the boys team. You go the other way, you become a man, pull some Chaz Bono shit. Then you could say, yeah, sure, be on our swim team. I, it doesn't seem, I know it seems uh, completely two-faced, but that's the way it is. The other thing is this Chris Cuomo guy, you know, he got fired from CNN or at least he's on hiatus, whatever the case may be, because, oh, my God, he helped his brother out. Now, you know how I feel about Andrew Cuomo, but I never had a problem with Chris Cuomo. And am I upset that he uh, he had a, a forum and he was helping his brother out or whatever he was doing. He was giving his brother advice on how to handle shit. You think that deserves a firing? He's helping his fucking brother out? Who cares? Are you kidding? What the fuck is he supposed to do? You'd prefer to watch a show of a guy that wasn't helping his brother out? That's like distant from his brother? I, I, I don't... I, I'm so angry about stupid CNN not... Being like, eh, so he helped his brother. Big deal. He helped his brothers. Between the brothers, Kay, I, that kind of shit really pisses me off. What they want him to do. What is that, a shocker? He was advising his brother. He was what? They're very close. I don't know if my sister would advise me. She might uh, immediately be like, well, no, we're not. I'm not going to talk to him while this scandal's going on. No, even she wouldn't do that. I'm just breezing through some of the stuff I saw. Oh, my God. Nicole Kidman playing Lucille Ball. This is, I mean, I'm telling you, I'll give it a chance. But I'm pissed. And there was an article in the paper saying to, was it Aaron Sorkin? It is Aaron Sorkin. And she told her, she was doing the movie. She's playing Lucille Ball, if you didn't know. Nicole Kidman, the fucking Australian actress, is playing Lucille Ball. It's a goddamn, you know, what Sarah was talking about, only Jews should play Jews, which she's completely wrong about. Well, if you're going to play an American comedy, I kind of really should be an American. I don't like, you know how I feel about Australians and British people coming to this country and playing Americans. That's, I think that's a major issue. Now, I'm not saying we have to do it all the time, but it's like 90% British people playing Americans or Australians playing Americans. And, it's, and if you're going to play an American icon, and again, you know, that pisses me off fucking Spider-Man. That's two fucking Spider-Mans who have been British. No, you got to be American, goddamn Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Life is a great big day. Wherever there's a pain, you'll find a Spider-Man. But uh, Nicole Kidman worried that taking Lucille Ball role was a huge mistake. No kidding. Ugh. That's got to suck, right? It's got to suck. I, what is it coming out? Like December, like right away. I'm dying. Obviously, I'm dying to see it because... Uh, Let's see. Oh, December 21st on Amazon. Oh, thank God on Amazon. Pro. Oh, theaters December 10th. And I'm, yeah, that's what I'm going to go to the theater for to see the, the Lucille Ball movie with Nicole Kidman. Now, if she just kept her Australian accent and did it, I'd be like, yeah, all right, <laughs> go see that. But what the fuck? What is she playing Lucy? Oh, who's Desi? Uh, wait, it was, uh, 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 the, the guy from um, No Country for Old Men. Uh, Javier Bardem. That sounds like fun. That, see, now that's brilliant. <laughs> Nicole Kidman is Lucy. It's a goddamn embarrassment to anybody that's ever done comedy. Oh, on Thursday, when I got home, I found out there was a huge three-hour lockdown 
by the UN, which is exactly where I live, because some guy had a huge gun, and he was pretty much just pointing it at himself, but whatever, they had a huge lockdown in my neighborhood. If I had come back driving at that time after a full day of being with Rhoda and, and, and all this back-breaking work, how pissed would I have been if I'd have been like, wait, what, what's, why can't I just get to the final destination? Because I had to go to my house. Usually I go to the parking garage, but I had to go to my house right past the UN. I swear to God, I, I was like right past it. I was going down 40th Street. That's I went from the Lincoln Tunnel right down 40th Street. I would have been, they would have stopped me. And I'm like, wait, you're serious? I can't just get to the last leg of my fucking journey. I've been out since 10 o'clock this morning. Oh, I saw it on the news. I'm like, oh my God, thank God I missed all that. Oh, that would have been, oh, I would have been so pissed. There's nothing worse than, just, like I told you, when, the, when my garage where I'm at is blocked off, what's worse? You're almost made it. You're on this trip which makes your stomach hurt because there's traffic and nonsense and you're driving through you know, people and horse carriages and cyclists and crazy people and yeah and, and and then you just you're finally at your destination where you can park your car and just relax and the road is blocked off. Oh you can't go through here. But my parking garage is on that block. Well what do you want me to tell you? Oh oh that and that's if that had happened to me, I don't even know. I would have started to cry. There's really just no other reason I would have started to cry. And the last thing is it's just again, oh fuck. I don't know whether it's just me or whether everybody's life is changing or this is what happens when you get old. You know, I totally listen to the WFAN. I played to that wonderful guy, Steve Summers, on. But this WFAN station, they just keep making all these changes. And they're taking... The, the, the one thing I, I like, uh, you know, between 10 and 2, they have this Moose and Maggie. And I, I hate Moose, but I like this girl, Maggie, this woman, sports person. I think she's funny and cool, and I enjoy their show. And they're replacing them. I just found out on Thursday after I was listening to them in the car. They, found, they, they got off the air, and they're like, we're canceling you. And they're bringing on that idiot Tiki Barber. And although I kind of like him, I can't believe people are forgiving him for being... Uh, how do people not get this? <laughs> this fucking guy, he was you know, very well liked on the Giants and all that kind of stuff, right? So he leaves the Giants, and apparently he was the issue. He was the problem. I can't believe they're letting him on a New York station. He's the problem. He was the cancer. You know, I like, remember I've told you a hundred times, you get somebody out... And all of a sudden, the team excels because there was some douchebag making everything bad, like an Odell Beckham or whatever, you know, just making it bad for everybody else. This Tiki Barber was bad news. He leaves the team. He's bashing Tom Coughlin. I'll never forget. He's on the show because the Giants get beat the shit out of one day. Like They're like, wow, they lost. And he's like, I told you. I told you. Tom Coughlin is an idiot. He's a fucking moron. That year, they win the goddamn Super Bowl. And you're letting this guy talk now he took a chance on saying tom coffin's an idiot i know sports i know what i'm talking about but you lo you lost you don't deserve to have a, a a platform you stink you picked the wrong side <laughs> you guessed wrong you only think i guessed wrong that's what's so funny i switched glasses when your back was turned haha <laughs> you fool so now i'm even more pissed let alone yesterday i saw my friend bob leaving the building with his suitcase. I'm like, really? This is, I was so depressed. This is after I found out that information. I was so sad. I was going to get a cup of coffee, and I saw him outside. This is my last friend in the building. You know, the friend in the sense of, like, we go out to dinner and stuff, not the friends that, 
you know, need help or whatever. It's the last, I was like, I can't believe you're leaving. He's like, well, I wanted to move to Oregon, but Liz wanted a place here. And Liz gets whatever she wants. That's why you marry young. He wanted to move anyway. I mean, this guy, this guy used to be at Studio 54. And he's done with the city. I mean, granted, he's like 85. But he's like done. He's like, I like it. It's quiet. It's nice. I totally understand what he's saying. But he's done. And now it's just like, it's just sad. Like all these things are leaving. These things that make me happy about living here you know like that guy and or these people on the fan like that steve summers leaving on you know fan i like i'm totally more into listening to that than howard stern these days howard's not bringing it for me anymore i might cancel my serious subscription it's just not working anymore i don't know why howard's gotten rid of all the staff that i liked and it's no fun anymore i'm so not enjoying it i'm trying really hard but it's not working i don't you know too much gay stuff for real like it's just like you know i don't care if anybody's gay but it's too much gay detail and i'm just not interested anymore it's not you know i mean the howard stern show used to be you know it was a mix of gay and and hot girl stories and now there's no hot girl stories anymore and it's just gay and again you know who cares but you know it needs to be a balance and it's just not working anymore and i never thought i would say that i never thought i would say that i was almost devastated when i found out he might not sign on for another five years and now i'm like you know when once he took the summer off i think that's where it ended for me and i guess you know getting rid of that subscription would be good for me because i can't afford it i just you know it's like it's like getting rid of cable i don't know if i could pull the trigger this has like been a friend you know it's like all these things i i can't handle it i i know life has to go on and 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 people have to you know young people get younger and they it's their time but um I, I guess I feel I, I still haven't gotten my time, <laughs> and it and it's very upsetting. But then, you know, you have nights like last night, and it makes it all worthwhile, you know? And all I couldn't wait to do was to get to today. I'm like, I'm so excited. It's podcasting day. I'm doing three or four podcasts. I really like I just get, I have to get to Saturday. And I don't have a show. And I was like, I just have to get today. And then, you know, who knew that it would actually turn out well? Like, you know, most of the time, I'm just like, well, at least I did that. But... I've never like, I've never done that well before. I'm 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 proud of myself because I I feel like I can say that because I'm always pretty honest about how a show went. That's why I was saying the first show. I'm like, well, it was all right. She's like, oh no, you were good. I'm like, yeah, but I wasn't great. But the second show, I was um, it was great. I was like a professional comic. I don't know how to put it. I was like coming up with uh, lines like a professional comic. I know it sounds ridiculous, right? I've been doing comedy for like thirty years, but yet I never got it right. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. You know, it's, but it's one of those things. It's that horrible things where I'm like, oh, I should be doing this all the time. I'm great. <laughs> and then I try and do more shows and I'm like, yeah, I don't know what happened. I had it going on the other day. I don't know what went wrong. <laughs> oh, we have fun. <laughs> well, anyway, folks, oh my God, what a pleasure it was to talk to you today. It does sound like I've been shot out of a cannon, even though I'm hungover and it's early, but. I guess I just love talking. Clearly, I love the sound of my own voice. And um, I like talking to you. And I get excited about telling you the daily things that go on with my life. And, of course, right, who the hell would care about these kind of things? But they are interesting, right? I'm not crazy. Everybody is. uh, My mother even tells me, you lead such an interesting life. I guess I do. I mean, I'm sure there are more people that definitely, you know, there are those people that are like, and I was in Africa the other day, and I'll tell you, I shot an elephant from, you know, those those are the interesting people, but I live a, a different kind of interesting life that you never saw coming. 
and it certainly is interesting. I mean, that's the thing. It's uh, it is it is a fascinating existence. It's just um, yeah. If I you know, you get financially stable, and then everything falls into place. Am I right? So everything always works out. We got a couple more shows left before we take a little break and change the name. I'm definitely you know, it's said we're doing it already. Just got in the city. We'll return after these messages. I think I'm gonna have a like an opening line where I'll be like. Last week on Just Got With The City. <laughs> but then I have to do more editing, and that's a pain in the ass. But I don't care. Whatever it is to make the show better, to make the show brighter, and to brighten your day, you, the listeners of The Nightfly, you are my best friends. I love you all, and I hope everybody's having a lovely holiday season. And I'll see you next week on The Nightfly. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.